Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. Happy Aloha Friday. It's Chris Hart. Gary uh, Gary Williams, I was going to say. I'm thinking Maryland basketball. Gary Williams is back with us. Yes. Uh, thank you to Tanner Hayler for the last uh, filling in the last couple of days. Had a great time. We got uh, UH basketball tickets to give away today. Our guests uh, today include Jesse Nakanishi, the uh, head coach of the 5-2 and two HPU. I was going to say Sea Warriors, too. The HPU Sharks facing University of Hawaii, and we've got a big game for UH coming up Sunday. Can't wait for that. Another Sunday, good time at 5 p.m., and it's HPU. It's a D2 team, but this team now, as you mentioned their record, Chris, five wins in a row. Started off the season 0-2, but they have been hot of late. So I I expect a tough battle. Uh, Last week it worked out pretty well for Hawaii in that Sunday afternoon game against Central Arkansas. HPU with four local players on their roster. I think they're going to be comparable to UH Hilo, the season opener, where they're going to play hard. They're not going to go away. Jesse probably knows this team pretty well, the University of Hawaii, that is. So I expect a tough battle on Sunday. All right. And, uh, okay, the uh, the Nike Iolani Classic for girls was underway yesterday. Yeah, and some good teams coming in there. This tournament has grown over the years. Well, we know what the boys' side has done, uh, having some of the best teams in the country. And I know Sierra Canyon is a familiar name because that's where Bronny James and a lot of great players went. Well, their girls' team is here as well. So some really good national teams here as well as the local schools, of course. Yeah, I mean, Sierra Canyon on the girls' side is just as prolific as on the boys' side. And while you were gone, we were talking about the team that was um, facing Kamehameha, uh, Sidwell Friends. They have a 6'2 and 6'3. Depending on where you look, two five-stars or one four-star and a five-star, both committed to UCLA already. But uh, we'll, catch up, we'll catch up on some scores there in just a few minutes. Uh, transfer portal update? Well... The sun rose today in Hawaii. Everything's going to be okay. Now, remember about a week ago when the Braden Shager announcement came out that he was not leaving, even though there was a tweet nationally that uh, sources indicated he would, I said, I don't believe it. I didn't believe that he was staying necessarily. That was the right thing to say then, and it wouldn't surprise me if he left later on. So when I heard the news two days ago that he was leaving, I'm not surprised at all. And I know people are just watching and watching comments, reading comments, and people are maybe stunned and surprised and you know the pay, today's paper the headline is the bombshell i don't think it is that i mean I'm, I'm sad he's leaving i'm glad for him if he's gonna have a better situation for him but this is not surprising at all that he's leaving whatever a player says one day is not necessarily true the next day i think that uh, actually i disagree i think that he really believed what he had to say until either number one they started getting offers and phone calls or number two 
uh, like Stephen Sy said, you know, Lil Wayne kind of pushed him in that direction. Maybe so, but still, when the, when, the, when the announcement or the tweet came out the week before, I don't think that came out of nowhere. I don't think somebody was making that up. There was some insight that something could happen. And again, how many times have we heard players Maybe. say they're Maybe. staying? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not arguing about your, your, your prediction that he was going to leave. I'm, what I'm saying is I don't think he was lying a week ago when he said that he wanted to stay. I really don't. Okay, I, I, I disagree with that. I don't think he was telling right. the entire truth then. As we move on. Uh, Tanner Hayworth's going to join us in just a couple of seconds on uh, some recruits that are coming in here to the University of Hawaii. Uh, also, I want to get into some comments that were made, I believe it was made on this show or somewhere, and then again last night on the Craig Angeles show about the University of Hawaii. It's the, you know, they, the, the, the athletic department needs money to run the department, right? They need donations, but they also need people to donate to the collectives. So there's got to be a happy medium in there. If you're do- if you're a donator, what do you do? Do you give money to the Downtown Athletic Club or the uh, Rainbow Collective, or do you give money to University of Hawaii? We can get into that too coming up here on ESPN Honolulu. All right, Tanner. Now there's a lot of talk about oh gosh, you know the sky is falling. The quarterback has transferred. Like I've said uh, before. I mean, the original transfer portal quarterback is June Jones, and you saw Stephen Sy write about that uh, in the uh, Star Advertiser. June Jones transferred all over the place, and a lot of people have. I didn't realize that we've had so many quarterbacks uh, for the University of Hawaii that came through the transfer portal as well. It's a good read in the Honolulu Star Advertiser, but what do we got coming in? So this weekend we do have a good group of official visits coming in. So of those are a couple of uh, verbal commits. Uh, one, Frank Abreu from Maui, Kamehameha Maui, who is a 6'4", 195, kind of big slot slash tight end style of receiver. Oh, wow. He had wow. verbally committed earlier this season. Then you also have Armando Lewis from Canyon Springs in North Vegas, 6'4", 205-pound defensive back. Um, so yeah, made his verbal commitment back in October. Impressive size, obviously, to have a defensive back at six four. So that would be awesome if he honored <laughs> oh, his wow. commitment there. And then on the rise, we got Jarvis Heimuli, wide receiver from Trinity, uh, also brother of Pofele Ashlock. So not a lot of stats to go off of, but much much like Pofele, because they come from that Trinity High School where it's mostly a running team. So. You know, maybe running off of a little bit of look how good Buffelli was. Maybe Jarvis is also good, but also good size. And then lastly, Jay Tawala Harris, 6'3", 280 pound offensive tackle from Lakewood. He was named CIF All League first team two years in a row, and he had earlier decommitted from San Jose back in September. And this is also a guy that both Chris Brown and Timmy Chang both visited in person. I believe, uh, sometime after the recruiting period, uh, dead period ended last week. Mm-hmm. Some, some of those guys already gave verbal commits. And one of the things I think about Pafeli Ashlock's brother coming is that it also ensures that Pafeli Ashlock is staying. 
And I think that's kind of good news, to say the least, right there, because I know people are thinking a guy like that, only a freshman with the numbers he put up, uh, second-team All-American on one list, that he might be sought after. But with his brother well, coming here, it's kind of good because it also keeps Pofelli here. Yeah, but like you say, anything can happen with the transfer portal. If somebody really wants Pofelli Ashlock, they can say, Pofelli, come on over. Uh, here's $100,000, and we'll take your brother, too. It just his brother's not hasn't signed anything, right? Right, but I mean, right. his so you know, his brother plans on coming, but if Big Bro says, "Hey, I'm not going to be there. You want to join me at Missouri?" They'll, they'll give you a little bit of money, and uh, you know, we'll we'll get some money together and help out mom. That doesn't mean anything, but that's okay. And and that's the whole thing. We can't be angry about this anymore. This is what college football became. I'm reminded last night, uh, listening to the Craig Angelus show, thank you very much, H-Camp and the JN Group, for making that possible every month. But I'm reminded last night when I hear him talk about the, um, the oh, gosh, now I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, it was really good, too. Oh, Gary. Oh, boy. Transfer portal? No. Anyway, well, it'll, it'll come back to me. It'll come back to me. Well, but and again, you're right. It is it is how college sports are. So for people to be outraged about Braden Shager, again, look around the country. Look around the country at a lot of starting quarterbacks as well as the backups that have announced that they are transferring. Dylan Gabriel right. is one example, of course. Right. I, I saw a list of the top 20 quarterbacks in the portal. Braden Shager wasn't even in, on there. And not, that's not a knock against him. That just shows that there's a lot of really good quality quarterbacks oh, yeah. that are in that portal. It's just how college sports are. So don't be shocked that it happens here to a Braden Shager or a Matthew Shipley or some of the others. That's how but it is. There's so, yeah, and there's so many schools looking for quarterbacks. That's why these guys are going. You've got guys like Uyunglele uh, um, uh, for Oregon State. He's transferring because he wants to play for a Power 5 school. Probably. I mean, because he had a good situation in Oregon. Uh, he's transferring out of there. Dylan Gabriel, uh, probably just going for a little bit more money. His offensive coordinator is leaving, looking for another, you know, a, a last-ditch effort to make some money. I found it really interesting in the comments I read yesterday, and you saw it this morning in the paper, that, um, you know, if you're a pretty good starting quarterback, that's $500,000 a year. That's like you're a starting start- rate. If you're a star star quarterback, it's you know it's over a million dollars. Yeah, it was it was uh, mentioned last night that Braden Shager's already making tons of money in Hawaii, probably already making a hundred thousand dollars a year, but in Hawaii that doesn't go very far, does it? Well, it's also to the quarterback scale, probably not a ton of money either. Even though it's great money, I'm sure a lot of people would love that. But if you compare them to other quarterbacks, and I don't know what everybody makes, but some of the numbers you hear, at least for the top 10 or 20, is that they're making a lot more than 100000 Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. Starting quarterbacks in the Power Five, I mean, star quarterbacks are making over a million dollars a year. Now, in the, the, the Power Five conference is what Matt Rule is talking about. So, you know, he's looking, uh, you know, Braden Shager, I really believe, is good enough to be picked up by a Power 5 conference team. Uh, You know, he's got the arm, he's got the size, he's big, he's tough, he's smart, he's a good kid. Well, he's not even a kid anymore, he's a good young man. Uh, But anyway, this is where we've come, and this is what I've forgotten, it just re-entered my mind, this is where we've come in in college sports this is how you have to manage a football team 
it's no longer good enough to be a great recruiter. It's no longer good enough to be a great athletic director. You have to come out and manage these football teams. What you have, and this has been brought up before, but what you have is you've got the NFL, and I brought this up before, you got the NFL with a salary cap. There's a certain amount of money you can pay. There's all kinds of rules governing money and that kind of stuff. There's no rules in college. There, it's You can make as much as you want. You can get it from whoever you want. The schools can be involved. All of that kind of stuff is going on. Nobody seemed to really think this through. It was a knee-jerk reaction by the NCAA, and this is what it's become. And you know what? I'm sure it's going to change soon. Whether it's with the top tier of the Division One program that Charlie Baker's talking about, or it's something else, maybe Congress gets involved, whatever it is. But, I mean, if this is, it's not going to ruin college sports, but some universities are going to start regretting some of the decisions they've made. You know, if they're, you know, just paying as, you know, paying starting quarterbacks, if it's a million or three million this year, five million. Was it ten million down the road a year? You're going to be paying in Alabama. They're going to. They don't have that much money. Come on. You're going to have the players making more than the coaches. The way this is headed, and I, I, I do well, think already kind of, you've got that probably in some situations or close do. to it. I, I think it kind of. I don't want to say it's ruining college football, but it's headed in the wrong direction. It's great that these student athletes get money. They deserve a lot of money in some cases. But the way you're getting it, again, I thought the intent initially was after you are out of school and you are successful, then you can profit off your name, your image, your likeness. Like a Johnny Manziel might have, like a Terrell Pryor at Ohio State. They started profiting illegally then after they were star quarterbacks. To have a guy make this much money before he ever plays a down, Bryce Young, I think, got 980000 before ever playing a down for Alabama. And to have the free agency see the way it is that wasn't the intent so in a way i think it's bringing college football down than how it was and they've got to do something to regulate it i don't know yeah. exactly how but it, this is only a couple of years in imagine two or three years from now how it'll end up like you were just saying yeah after i've digested this the last couple of days i don't think it's going to ruin college football you know this might even by separate by having a different tier in division one in fbs you know, this might be a good thing for college football because it, it, it takes away the charade of, uh, like Craig Angela said, trying to keep up. It's, it's hey, we know there's haves and have-nots. Let's just actually come out and, and uh, ch- stop trying to hide it. Actually show, okay, here's, what is it, 100 schools, Tanner? Here's the 100 schools that are the haves. And these 33 schools are the have-nots. Each school can decide if they want to be a have or have-not. So the haves will play the haves, the have-nots will play the have-nots. But it'll still be FBS football, and you'll still have quality uh, opponents. Now, there's no guarantee there's going to be 100 teams in the haves. Each school will decide if they want to keep on paying. You know, if they've got a, you know, I don't know, how much is an athletic budget at somewhere like USC, fifty million, probably way more than that. More than fifty million? Oh no, ours is fifty million. I'm sorry. The uh, okay, so I don't know how much is if anyone can even five hundred million, whatever. 
their budget is, do they want that to keep going up? That's something that they've got to decide. But I think, again, it, the separation is something you don't want for college football. You get gets rid of the charade, but big deal. You're, you're, you had a system where I thought it was pretty good, where you had a group of five school that could get in the mix. I'm glad they're expanding the playoffs. But basically, any time a player has success at a school, they want out immediately. And can't blame them. There's more money in this system that they can right. make more money. Right. But I don't, I don't see how that is anything but bad for college football because it disrupts teams every single season. Yeah. Uh, again, I haven't. Uh, uh, I I don't think. Again, I'm. I'm. You know, we could go back and forth for the next hour and a half. I don't think it's. I think progress is good. I think they need to control it somehow. Yeah. And yeah. after they control it a little, you know, somehow. And separate the haves from the have-nots. It is what it is. You are who you thought you were. So um, I, I think that I think that college sports is just going to be fine. It's 18 minutes after the hour here on ESPN Honolulu, and it is. Is it Kahala Friday? Sure is. All right, it's Kahala Friday, and uh, hope you can sport your Kahala Aloha shirt today. It's uh, from Kahala, the original Aloha shirt since 1936. Pick one up for yourself at one of Kahala's six stores, island-wide, or at kahala.com. We'll be right back. Hang all the mistletoe, I'm gonna get to know you better. This Christmas, and as we trim the tree, how much fun it's gonna be together. Christmas, the fireside is blazing bright. We're caroling through the night, and this Christmas will be a very special Christmas for me. Hey, more action going on today in the Nike Iolani Classic for girls. Boys tournaments coming up uh, later on in the month. And uh, we are who they thought we were, or whatever that the saying is. Uh, Kamehameha girls uh, uh, fall to Sidwell friends 70 to 40. I mean, they were just the tallest person. Uh, best, one of the best players on Kamehameha uh, is Nihoa Dunn. And she's, I believe, six feet tall. Maybe she's six one, But um, they were, you know, they couldn't keep up. But, hey, congratulations. Just the experience for some of these local teams to play against some of these top mainland teams in the country, it's uh, really, it, it, it really, really helps them. Yeah, I mean, you get these tournaments on the boys' side that we've seen for 30-plus years, and we've seen the competition come in, and it's great for the fans as well. But, yeah, I think the experience only helps when you're playing this kind of competition. It was something, when you look at yesterday's scores, every game was not only not close, it was rather like 30, 40-point wins for every single game that we saw yesterday in all four of them. All wow. decisive wins. I mean, I saw where <laughs> even even Iolani over Kailua. Yeah, yeah, right. Even the Hawaii school that was one that was seventy-two to fifteen. I thought that was a typo at first, but I guess right. not. Uh, but all the games were kind of similar to that yesterday. But there are some top teams from the country here that explains it. Yeah, uh, but although last week uh, Kamehameha did beat a uh, pretty good school from Arizona, and that was considered a kind of a stunner. But anyway, I think one of the teams to watch, one of the 
one of the uh, one of three teams in the ILH uh, Division One side. But anyway, congratulations. Get on down to Iolani if you can for the Nike Iolani Classic. We'll have games on CBS fifteen hundred again. Uh, so that would be semifinals, right? Yeah, semifinals uh, happening today. You can catch them on the radio. Uh, you can catch it in person. Let's go to the uh, Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. In uh, about seven minutes, Jesse Nakanichi from HPU, their basketball team, is going to join us. And then after that, we're going to give away tickets to the basketball game on Sunday. So keep listening for that. Okay, let's see here. I am, uh, oh gosh, we're having the same problem with this text thing as the last one. Uh, do you see the text there, Gary? Yes. Can we go through them? Uh, okay, I got it. Okay, this one uh, says, Chris, it is always bad if there is no equity. Didn't you folks praise the equity in Hawaii football? not answering his question i don't know i don't know i uh you know what i just i i don't think all i can say is i don't think this is going to kill college athletics as a lot of people have said because there's been a lot of things that have come up in the past and we said this is going to kill college football this is going to kill college athletics and uh we're still doing fine uh let's see here's the one it says a thought college 10-year seniors in football as they make more money than college in the nfl it's kind of been the running joke. Uh, it, it's why Juan. It's why uh, Juan Munoz is eight years in college. Uh, well, I, for him, it's not. But I, that's one of the benefits or the good things about the NIL and everything we're talking about. Is I think there are definite situations where players will stay in school, and you can have Angel Reese on the women's side for LSU. But they're making money now. They don't have to rush to leave school after a year or two, so they can help support their family, make an income. They're making at least some money, and in Angel Reese's case, more money on the college level. So I think that's one yeah. of the good things about this. Well, I think one of the good things is for the WNBA and Angel Reese is I can stay in America and make money and not have to go to Russia and risk my life. Well, the WNBA is not. In, it doesn't pay that much. But I mean, some yeah. of the top players make a little money, but all of the star WNBA players play in the offseason in Europe. Yeah. There's yeah. a reason why. This way you don't have to do it. Uh, somebody wants to know why Marino girls basketball is in Division Two this year. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. I didn't know that. I don't know much about Marinol. Are they a Division One type team that's well, playing in Division Two? Yeah, well, I mean, they've been in the girls past basketball. In the championship. I'm talking about. Yeah, the, they the, have won oh, a championship. Um, I know they've been in the championship game. I've watched them several times in the championship. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah, on the D one side, and that wasn't like that when? long, like five years ago, okay. four years ago, right before well, maybe, COVID. Maybe they stopped using the transfer portal. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe uh, somebody else has a thought on that at 808. 296-1420. Um, Thomas texts in. Hi, Thomas. He says, Sure, there is a salary cap in football and basketball, but an athlete's endorsement deals are infinite. If Nike wants to play pay LeBron $1 billion, they are free to do so. Isn't it the same with NIL? The NCAA isn't paying them. It's boosters and other entities. I don't see the need to limit the amount of NIL a player gets unless I'm missing something. Yeah, you know what? There's a difference. There's a difference between what was proposed by Charlie Baker and NILs. If you're going to get an NIL 
from uh, United Airlines. That's one thing. But it's the collectives that um, that some people are worried about. Now, our collectives here don't have the kind of money that some of the collectives have in Miami and other places that you've seen. You see, the way it goes is that um, you can reach out to the university and you can say, you know, I want to donate money so that we can give money to this player. And they'll say, well, go ahead and we'll hook you up with somebody at one of the collectives and they'll, you know, they'll, you know, get that done for you. So um, even though the university is not involved, they are in a way, <laughs> in a way, in a way they are. But it's not like, um, and I'm not sure that, that that's on the surface. Now, the underlying surface is there are some universities that control where the NIL money from the collectives goes. If I'm at, I don't know, Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, and I want to give somebody money, on the surface I can. But now through... Uh, you know, because their 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 major marketing push in all the towns they're in for raising canes is college football. So if I'm in, I don't know, Fresno or something, and I want to give money to the quarterback, well, I might have to go through the school, and they'll say, hey, you know what, you can't give raising canes because KFC already gives it to them. Something like that. I don't know, but you know, the players have agents now too. That's something that you know that folks really got to realize. It's not. Somebody just, you know, calling his mom and his mom handing him the phone or, you know, DMing him on Instagram. These guys all have agents. And that's why. Uh, and that's uh, one of the reasons uh, Shager is testing the waters in, quote, unquote, free agency. They've, they've got they've got they've, they've got agents. And again, things have to me gotten out of hand. I wish there was some way to regulate it this way where nobody would be able to get an NIL deal legally until they were actually playing the sport at their next school or their school that they're going to be receiving it for. You can't, I don't like that they're enticed to go to a school because of the offers coming in. Don't tell that to Brandon Akana. I don't, I don't care who it is. Uh, I, I just, I wish it would just be the way it was initially set up. I don't think you'd have the chaos that we're having now. And it was just, again, we're just at the beginning. And I'm glad these players, I think it is. Yeah. When you have these many players leaving, I mean, you know, when you, you people are bringing up, well, Colt Brennan, you know, he stayed when he made that announcement how many years ago? Oh. Well, there was no NILs then. Let's, I don't know if he would have stayed if there were NILs and the, or the transfer portal. Wow, that's interesting. That's very interesting. It's I never thought about somebody like Colt Brennan or Timmy Chang, right? It's a different the, time. Right, and that's what I'm saying. We're in a different time. It's not going to go back. Old people. The world revolves. But that's not the point. Things change. The, the point is, I, I think you should just I make remember money. when they didn't have microwave ovens. People are so lazy now. It's just not the way it was intended, and that's why you have the free agency and teams right. lose, losing players left and right. It's, again, I'm not. It's, it's within the system, so nobody's at fault there. I just, but, like you said, they didn't expect this to happen a few years but, ago when they started this. In the words of the famous Gary Dickman, "What you lose, you also gain through the transfer portal." Hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know you that. Yeah, you said that all the time when people are criticizing. You know, that was your defense for the University of Hawaii. Even Stephen Sy writes about 
all the transfer quarterbacks that Hawaii has gotten. Look at the players who are on the uh, um, the Mountain West all-star teams or whatever. How many are transfer portal guys we've got? How many star players? Star players like Cam Stone, oh. Verdell Edwards. Oh, gosh. Uh, I'm forgetting. We went through them yesterday. Most of Hawaii's star players came through the transfer portal. Stephen McBride. It works both ways. But, but, and this is a big but, did they come I like here? big <laughs> buts that Did they come to Hawaii because of the NIL? Probably not. A lot of these no, guys came they because, came of, because of the weather. <laughs> <laughs> I think playing time. I mean, I don't know what McBride went through in Kansas, and he said he was dealing with some things there. Cam Stone, I mean, he was already a really good player, and it wasn't playing right. time at Wyoming. But some guys wanted to play more. I don't, I don't think you're coming to Hawaii necessarily for the NIL money that you're going to get. No, I don't either because we don't have any NIL money. Well, we have a little. There's money out there. If you listen to the Craig Angeles show, you will, folks, you will be enlightened to what, you know, we all think we're all broke. There's no money. There's no, we got two NILs, uh, two collectives. And, uh, you know, from what we hear, not, I don't know, this is a fact. They got money, not tons like some on the mainland. I mean, that's been discussed. So there are players making money. There are volleyball players making a lot of money. Football players, the star players, making really good money. Not power five money, but they're making more money than uh, a, a number of professionals in the workplace. Sure, sure. And for what they're doing, that's great. But again, I just don't, when you say about the transfer portal works both ways, I never use that exact quote when you have players uh, leaving yeah. that you're, but I basically insinuated that, that we get players via the transfer portal as well. It right. seems like for football, let's say that a Shager and a Shipley, they're leaving to get more money while the players coming in, let's say to replace them, let's say we get a quarterback and a kicker via the portal. They're probably not coming here because of the money like the other guys. I understand did. that because we don't have the money that Power Fives had. I just said that. We're late. We got to go. We'll be right back on ESPN. Hey, don't forget, HCAP is the Hawaii Concussion Awareness Management Program. Parents, coaches, and athletes, check out the website to learn more about recognizing concussion symptoms. Visit hawaiiconcussion.com. Let's talk some basketball now with Coach Nakanishi. Yeah, joining us now, he's the head coach at HPU, definitely a familiar face around high school sports and the University of Hawaii. Jesse Nakanishi joins us now. Jesse, great to have you on again. And looks like your team is uh, in the midst of a nice run now with that five-game winning streak. Hey, Gary, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So when you look at the start of the season, 0-2, the five games in a row that your team has won, including two in the Pac West already, uh, can you talk to the audience about how this team has been able to have this winning streak of late? Well, it's been a fun challenge. You know, we started off, um, uh, speaking of challenges, I challenged our team to a four-game tough road trip to, to open up, flew up to Alaska, um, lost a close one to start, and uh, then took one on the chin the next night, lost by 15 or so. Um, you know, that's when things could spiral down, but we, we took on the challenge and then flew to Seattle and drove to Bellingham and um, played a really good Western Washington team in their home opener, and we played our best game of the season thus far and, and kind of turned it around a little bit. And 
so picked up that win, and the next night drove up into Canada to, in Vancouver and uh, beat a pretty good time in Fraser team. So that, that kind of kick-started a little bit, came home and, um, you know, got a few wins at home as well. So it's been, it's been fun and an enjoyable team to coach, and we're excited about Sunday. I mentioned the two games, one in in Pac-West play, Westmont and Fresno Pacific. Is that the earliest you have seen conference play starting? I know it starts early around the entire country, D1 and D2, but to play a conference game on December 2nd does seem early. Yeah, it is. You know, they mix a couple into uh, December to kind of balance out the, the schedule so it's not so cramped in in, in January, February. And uh, our league is growing. Um, next year we'll be adding three more teams, so – Uh, 14-team league next year. So it's exciting for the league as well. Who are some of the teams coming in, Jesse? Yeah, we've got uh, Menlo, uh, Vanguard, and William Jessup. So all NAIA teams that are elevating to Division II now. And your team has four Hawaii players on the roster that I see right now. Some of the familiar names. I know Cameron Ng was a really good player, and his brother Cordell was a great player in high school as well at St. Francis. Uh, Is that a thing that you were really conscious of as far as recruiting local players as much as you can on the D2 level? You know, I think I really want to give, you know, being a local guy myself, I really want to give our our local kids a chance. And obviously they've got to be good enough. And I think the four that – you know, we have on our roster can, can be impactful in their way in, in their time. I think Cordell being our backup point guard right now has been a real uh, stabilizing influence for us and gets us in our offense. And he, I think he was really key in our, our win the other night. And I think he had four or five assists and um, sparked a run that got us back in it. Um, so it's been a, it's been a pleasure coaching him. Uh, Jacob Kimor is, you know, off the bench a little bit. He hasn't um, quite got it going this year with us. Had some setbacks injury-wise, um, but we hope to get him rolling. And then a couple of our freshmen we brought in, um, Justin Yap and Jay Markson from Marino and, and Mililani. Um, so they're redshirting this year and developing, and I hope to have some good things from them in the future. Two of your leading scorers, I want to hear you expand and talk a little bit about Melo Sanchez, but another one with a really cool name, Diggy Winbush. Both guys averaging double figures for your team. And for Sanchez, almost 17 points a game. Yeah, Melo started really well in past two games, you know, dipped down a little bit. And, you know, that was due to, you know, our team is pretty balanced. And, um, you know, we, we've had different guys step up. You know, we're, we're still finding ourselves overall, our identity. we got 10 new guys on the team, so really trying to build this culture together. Um, but, you know, Melo is a huge part of it. He's a really good shooter and scorer. And, um, but, yeah, we have, you know, as you mentioned, and Diggy Winbush really been a stabilizing as well, point guard, but being able to score it as well. So he, he, he was – obviously he got player of the week the other week and um, last week, you know, really was – did well in that Westmont game. So it's been someone different each game, but Melo definitely is a, is a, is a big part of our identity as in, on both sides of the ball, really. For the game coming up Sunday against the University of Hawaii, is that a game that counts on your record? Because I know for the UH-Hilo game, it counted for UH, but not for Hilo. What about you guys? Yeah, actually, it'll be the same. Um, but, you know, it's just on paper, it won't count. But, you know, we we play every game and, 
trying to execute and trying to win and trying to get better each game. So this is definitely another one that, you know, we're, we're looking forward to and will be a, a big challenge for us. And but the guys are excited about it. You mentioned earlier about the four games on the mainland and up you know, up in the Northwest and Canada. How tough is scheduling, if it is, as far as not only scheduling overall, but having schools come to Hawaii? Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. Um, you know, you know, Division One schools often can offer, you know, guarantees, as they call them, to help lure teams to come here. Uh, we don't have that much of a luxury here. Um, so we do have a... Um, a couple of tournaments to entice teams to come play. Um, but it is a challenge, and that is why we, we did need to take on a couple of extra road games this year to, to fill our schedule. Well, so many great memories of you being in the Stan Sheriff Center at Simplify Arena on the high school level and, of course, with the University of Hawaii. We'll look forward to seeing you Sunday at 5 p.m. We know it's going to be a tough battle, and we thank you for joining us today, Jesse. All right. See you there. All right, thank you so much. We will see you there. Yes, Sunday at 5 p.m. Jesse Nakanichi, the head coach at HBU, joining us on ESPN Honolulu. It's time to give away tickets if you want to go on us. Be uh, caller number three at 808-296-1420. Two tickets to see UH play HBU at Simplify Arena at the Stan Sheriff Center. Call right now. Third caller gets it. Uh, Once again, 808-296-1420. Hey, folks, you can catch the next episode of the student section coming up on Tuesday with Cole Mousolf and myself. Uh, we uh, Every uh, month we talk with some amazing uh, student athletes. Uh, this week from Waipahu High School quarterback Elijah Mendoza and uh, his receiver Eric Stevens. Also, Juan Munoz joining us on the show today. You can actually watch it later on our YouTube channel. It's brought to you by AutoSource Carousel and Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. on this silent morning. Happy Kahala Friday. Happy Aloha Friday from all of us here at ESPN Honolulu. uh, It's uh, 7.51, and uh, Braden Shager has not decided on what school he's going to go to yet. I don't know. I'm going to root for the guy. I really am going to root for the guy. Um, I think he's a a good dude, and uh, I hope he makes a ton of money. Yeah, I would root for him, too. I'm hoping the fans won't hold it against him. Not that that would matter too much. But, again, oh. if you look around the country, people leaving left and right, starters <laughs> leaving left and right. So, yeah, we wish right. totally wish him the best. I w- yeah, I find it funny. It's like somebody texted in like, oh, well, you know, it, it's, you know, here in Hawaii, the Hawaii culture is loyalty. So these mainland guys leave. <laughs> it's like, give me a break. Stop I saw it. that, right. Uh, yeah, let's let's bring all that into this. So 24-7 sports, uh, here's a little transfer portal update. And you can uh, check in, folks, at 808-296-1420. You can call or text. Um, there's some uh, five, uh, one five-star. According to 24-7, there's only one five-star athlete in the transfer portal, and that's Walter Nolan, a defensive lineman from Texas A&M. Right. Uh, he's not committed. Now, they have other guys like Aiden Childs, was I guess he was the backup quarterback at um, Oregon State. Now, it says that he is transferring to Michigan State, but he hasn't committed. They're saying we're 100% that he's transferring to Michigan State. 
Uh, London Humphreys is a four-star wide receiver from Vanderbilt. I don't remember him. Do you remember him? Did he no. catch any passes? Anyway, uh, he's a four-star guy. He's 100%, they say, going to Georgia. And there's a bunch of guys <laughs> who are in here already. What's that? That's funny. You look going from the worst team in the SEC right. to the best team just like that. Uh, here you have Trey Moore, a four-star edge rusher, going from UTSA, which is a good program, uh, to Texas. 100%, wow. they say. It's like it's. Did the, no, he just committed two days ago, but hey, you know what? He's found a home already. Oh, nobody, nobody's tampering with these guys. Stop it! Nobody's reaching out and contacting him. They say, Riley Leonard, the quarterback from Duke, hundred percent, he's going to Notre Dame. Tobias Merriweather, four-star receiver for Notre Dame, hundred percent, going to UW. Anyway, there are some guys who are actually committed, at least verbally. Brack Vandergriff is a four-star quarterback from Georgia. I guess he was a four-star before, before uh, you know, as a prospect. Right. Anyway, they got him at four stars. He's leaving because uh, um, uh, Dylan, up? which uh, Riola is coming to Georgia? Oh boy! It, it, anyway, the the the, Dylan, the Riola right? kid, Dylan Riola. Yeah, I was gonna say Dominic. It's like, whoa, that's a big quarterback. Uh, Dylan Riola is uh, coming to town, so he's out of town. He's not going to play. He's going to Kentucky. There are a few other guys. But, anyway, I would think over the weekend this gets hot and heavy already because people are going to be pressured even though, I mean, if you're a five-star guy, who's going to pressure you, right? Join us now or never. But for a lot of these guys, you're going to see it's after some of these top guys get signed, then you're going to see guys like Shager and some of these other guys um, – maybe from Hawaii, end up somewhere. Yeah, for the top guys, you don't want to be left hanging. And if you don't make your decision soon, well, they'll take the first best guy available. They don't want – the schools don't want not to be left hanging. Well, I, I think, I think not for the top guys. Well, I think guys. it is because if you – let's say let's say you're, a, a, again, a Dylan Gabriel as an example. And let's say you have your set sight on USC as an example. But USC doesn't want to wait another week or two. They don't want to lose you. So if there's another quality quarterback out there, they might go after him so they're not left hanging with nobody. I think that will happen. And you know, I don't know that – yeah. And, and you know what? I think that I don't know that these guys are going to hold out for two weeks. You know, talking to Darnell Arsenault years ago, what his advice was to a lot of people is don't make a decision right away. If they want you, they're going to want they're you, you know, they're going to want you. But it's different now. I, I know I'm getting there. Take your time and decide. It's different now. Whereas also Dylan Gabriel wants to get the deal done as soon as he can, too. He doesn't want to be on the market forever anyway. So um, if you're if, if they really want him, somebody's going to really want Dylan Gabriel and wait a day or two, I truly believe. There are, I mean, this guy brings you a 70% accuracy. He can run. He can throw. He can – I mean, he's the total package as a college football player. In the first day of the, the the market opened, so to speak, for the portal, 1,190 athletes registered. Since then, it gone down to 400, 300. It's about 1,900 since Monday that have entered yeah. the transfer portal when it opened up. You know why? Money. The money's getting bigger and bigger, and that's just that's how it goes. And it's like those poor guys, poor guys playing in the you know poor guys like John Veneri. It's like you know it's like poor guys. These guys were just born way too early.
Look how much <laughs> yeah. money some of these Colt Brennans and Timmy Chang could have made. Yep. Timmy Chang, Timmy Chang could be making more today as a college football player than he's making as a salaried head coach in Division One. That's true. That's how I, I love it. I love it. We'll be back with our top stories coming up next on ESPN Honolulu. The stars are brightly shining It is the night of our dear Savior's birth Long lay the world in sin and error Happy Aloha and Kahala Friday Gary Dickman looking sporty in his uh, Kahala shirt Will you be washing it after this wearing? I would. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll let you know via social media. Probably so. Well, we'll know if we're around you. <laughs> hey, UH baseball schedule came out yesterday. Pretty impressive. But what I'm impressed about more is that uh, they have Hilo on the road, Chaminade in their first year, and HPU on the schedule. Rich Hill doing a solid for the PacWest schools here in Hawaii. I love it. Yeah, I know Rich Hill was on with Josh a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about some of the teams on the schedule. And Ole Miss, I mean, a World Series oh, team. Oh, yesterday he was on with Josh. Well, he was on about a week or so ago, already hinting about a couple of the teams that were playing. We knew about yeah. Ole Miss and NC State, and he also let it out that they were going to play not only UH Hilo, but play them in Hilo which I thought was pretty cool. I like the way that he, he has scheduled a lot of midweek games. Uh, they take that opportunity because, you know, schools in the mainland in the Big West do it all the time. For Hawaii, if you're not on a road trip in the mainland, it's a little bit tougher. So he's getting the D2 schools, giving them that opportunity. It's good for UH. It's a win-win. Uh, also seeing Rice on the schedule. We know they've been a perennial power over the years for a really long time. One of the well, Rice, Ole Miss. I mean, Ole Miss just won just the national champion. I just said that. You said Rice. I, before that, I said Ole Miss oh, and okay. NC State. Yeah, a lot of these. Yeah, it's great. Great schedule. Uh, we move on here. The Nike Iolani Classic continues. You want to see some quality basketball? Head on down to uh, Iolani and check it out. Uh, good luck and uh, to our uh, local teams playing. Shock the world, ladies. Shock the world. Uh, we've been talking transfer portal update. Nothing new to update with uh, Hawaii's uh, few players that are in the transfer portal. I hope they end up somewhere. Because there's, a, like, what, about eight guys? Is that a right, right, Tanner? Eight guys in the transfer portal from Hawaii. Most of them entered, like, a while ago. Yeah, like, yeah. One guy got disciplined, so he quit the team because he didn't want to show up at meetings or something. I don't know. Some of these, you know, uh, these guys have been, um, they've been in it a while. I hope, because there are guys who enter the transfer portal that nobody picks up. What do you do in that situation? Okay, 1,900 in the portal right now. So you know they're not all going to get picked up. And that's a tough one. I believe, wasn't it Freddie Holly a few years ago? I believe, I know he entered the portal. And I believe he did not get signed. And what I had heard, nothing confirmed, is that he did inquire if he could come back. And the coach at the time named Todd Graham said no. If you leave here, three. this was before, you know, the transfer portal as we know it in NIL. He said, if you leave here, I'm not taking anybody back. And Freddie Holly, I believe, was wow. left hanging. I'm so surprised. <laughs> At Todd Graham, you talked about not that he left, but yeah, that's so he was. Stuck. No, that his answer. Yeah, you know? yeah, it, it, yeah. You know what? I would say you do what's good for the football team. Yeah. If Braden Shager, for some reason, if he said, you know what, I, you know, I, I I'm getting enough nil in Hawaii, 
you know, I think that Shager and, and the same thing, if he le- if he came back, my question, and I'll pose this to everyone in a second, is would he be accepted by the, at least by, uh, you know, the fans. But with guys like Shager and Shipley, a lot of it is, and we were talking about this during the break, some of these guys, it's not necessarily money. You can make a little bit more money, I think, for at least these two guys. Uh, but they want to play on the mainland where they're going to play in front of a lot of people, and they feel that by playing better competition maybe, it will it will boost their draft stock, right? It, it, will, make, it will put them on higher up on a radar than other people. That's definitely what Shipley said, which doesn't make sense to me at all for a kicker. Yeah. But but for I mean if you can if you if if you can punt the ball 60 yards or hit 55-yard field goals on a regular basis at sea level, pros are coming after you. They'll draft you in the second or third round. Be good, they'll get you in Hawaii. Quarterback, I can see how someone says, "Ah, eh, maybe I got to Maybe I got to play against some other people. Look at Colt Brennan. What a stud. Look how talented he was. He was drafted in the sixth round. Good point. If, Good point. if Colt Brennan played uh, for a Power 5 school, if he played for Washington, I guarantee you Colt Brennan would not be a sixth-round draft choice. Great point. You're totally right. I mean, I don't think there's any doubting that. People might not want to believe it, but you're totally right there, unfortunately. Now, you might say, uh, okay, if you're an offensive lineman and all of this, I think it's changed. I think when June was here, and what was our offensive line coach's Mike Cavanaugh. Name? Mike Cavanaugh. When Coach Cav and June were here, that was something where, you know what, we put a lot of offensive linemen in the NFL. Um, I think that it's harder for some reason maybe for Power 5 schools because you have the internet, it's not like you had to really go on a African safari to make it to Hawaii and you know check out these players like Jesse Sapolu, right? Yeah. Jesse, the scouts would catch. Maybe there's they hear something about him. Scouts would catch him on the mainland. Maybe someone would come here for a game. But it's so much different because they don't have the internet. Now you have the internet, and they're discovering all these guys. Well, nowadays, I don't know. Part of the problem is we don't have the talent on offensive line. That we had in in the early, you know 1999 to say 2007. Right. You know, scream and yell all you want. That's just a fact. It is. Um. So I don't know. It's it's a. I think it's changing where now maybe you do have to go for some positions. You do have to go to the mainland, perhaps. But again, know. with the Shager, I'm just and, thinking out loud. I don't know. Yeah, and in, in my opinion, at least with Shager and Shipley, and actually, in my opinion, with 99.9 percent of the players that are in the portal, when they talk about it, nobody says I'm leaving for more money. But I would think, without having exact knowledge, I would think that the majority of them are going for more money. Because especially when you're getting starters leaving. Now, if you have a coaching change, that's a little different. You can understand the James Madison quarterback leaving. His coach just went to Indiana. Maybe he'll follow. But other than that, I mean, if you can get more money, it makes sense. But if you're a starter, you're not worried about playing time. If you're a Joey Yellen, you're probably trying to play anywhere. Right. And it makes sense for him. But for right. Braden Shaker, it's not up, And we brought time. that up. Right. We brought that up numerous times. Now, how much money are these guys actually making? We were talking on the air, and I and um, I brought up a, a figure of three million dollars for Brandon O'Connor's son to sign with Texas. He's a quarterback in high school. He's going to be he's going to Texas as an athlete. Now, I don't know what the deal is, but 
um, you know, some of this might be exaggerated. For example, uh, just going to different websites, and who knows? You know, these are, I wonder how much of these are guesses. These are people who are really in the mix here when it comes to knowing how much people make in NILs or from collectives. And, you know, somebody like, it's Arch Manning. Uh, their reporting uh, is worth, his valuation is worth $2.8 million. Caleb Williams, $2.7 million. Uh, Travis Hunter, uh, he's the uh, corner uh, for Deion Sanders, $2 million. Bo Nix, $1.7. Those seem, Jaden Daniels could win the Heisman Trophy, $1.6. These sound really low. They, they sound real low to me, but I don't know. I think that a lot of people just don't – they're guessing. They're guessing on how much these guys are making. They really are because no one's talking about it. I don't know. I mean, they might be guessing or estimating, but, again, what we've heard from numerous people in the last several months is that a lot of those outrageous figures are – really exaggerated we don't know for sure we don't know for sure but i i would i don't know people are guessing as much as they have some kind of information that they're basing these numbers on i don't think people are just going to throw out numbers right you're these are you're i i I, some are i guarantee you some are this is the internet but the um if you go with the reputable source i'm sure there are educated guesses going out there right there's they're they're educated they're in the mix when matt rule comes out and says Hey, if you're a starting quarterback, you're making $500,000 a year in a Power 5 conference. If you're a star quarterback, what did he say? What was the amount? One to 1.5 to 2 million. There you go. A couple of million, you know, $2 million. Braden Shager's not getting $2 million from anybody. No, he's not. He's not. But But in his case, I'm sure he's basing that on experience. You know, recruiting and seeing what's out there and hearing the numbers. I don't think he's guessing, but you're right. There are probably some people guessing. I think the reputable ones, like a Matt Rule, because he's directly involved, or some of these national people, aren't just going to throw out numbers for the sake of throwing out numbers. They're going to have more information that they're basing it on. Yes, educated, educated guesses. Those are and those are the guys who you would tend to trust. I don't think it's an educated educated guess, though. That's what I'm saying. I think they're basing it on some information that they have. They're not just going to throw out those numbers. So I, I think I think there, there's something to it. Again, we're hearing a lot of this is exaggerated. So you're mentioning $3 million at Texas, but you got all these other quarterbacks making way less than that who are Heisman hopefuls. Right. That's why I understand I think, that. That's why I don't believe some of these numbers out there that are mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have – I'm not sure if Paul is still on the phone. And Paul is with us. Hi, Paul. Uh, hi, yes, still here. Mary Kahala Kalikimaka, gentlemen. Nice. I have, I have two points. Okay, firstly, okay, uh, I actually had two, but you mentioned something, uh, Chris. You know, okay, so Shager's leaving. Where can he possibly go to get the same level of tolerance that we've given him? You got crazy, <laughs> crazies like me saying, oh, switch him out, switch him out. But I was drowned out. We, we small majority was drowned out by by the Aloha, you know, Aloha Shager. Where is he gonna go to get that same kind of, uh, uh, you know, support? I don't know where. I mean, probably a lot of places. Uh, what about Boise State? They just lost their starting quarterback, as one example. And are they running? Are they running the run and shoot? I mean, it's, no. It's, it's the level of tolerance that Hawaii gives. That you know, that's what we sell. That's what we sell. 
is, you know, our fans, they're very forgiving or we're just true fans. We're just few. Second point I have is, look, this was a, a Supreme Court decision, right, for the NIL. Uh, for the, so, yes, the other branches of government might have to get involved, but they're too busy doing other stuff, right? Um, so I, I foresee some kind of change made, and I forgot my third point. But uh, <laughs> You're like um, me. <laughs> but, I mean, NIL, it's, it's kind of here to stay, you know. Yeah. It's, yes. it's, it's like live golf. Go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like live golf, and um, I can't think of the third point. But that's my uh, main point anyway is that, look, Shager, he's, he's going to go somewhere. He might have it in mind, but where? Where? I don't see anywhere that he can go where, you know, <laughs> certainly not Bama. He throws those interceptions. He's benched. Right, right. Paul's talking uh, Power 5. Gary, you're just talking school in general. Hey, Paul, have a great weekend. Thank you, brother. The, the, uh, there's a lot of schools that uh, Braden Shager could could go to. Yeah. You know, and the, and the guy's a talent. You know, it's like he spent the last year and a half, you know, really – kind of learning this run and shoot offense now you got to start all over wherever you go that's the thing i worry about for shager but maybe it's something he's more comfortable with who knows could be uh, i don't think that'll prevent him from being on the radar of other schools because he's only no 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 no. what i'm talking about is his when he arrives how successful will he be he's got to start learning all over again yeah, that's yeah. my point depends but on the situation I... i'm sure the talent around him as well right but i wish him the best yeah i i, I certainly do Quarter after eight with the animals here on ESPN. Honolulu. Uh, we've got, we gave away those UH tickets. Oh, I forgot to say congratulations to Ken from McCulley earlier. Uh, but uh, so congratulations, Ken. It's National Salesman Day today. National Salesperson Day. We're celebrating all the hardworking people who make sure you, uh, you know, buy stuff. It's your day today if you're in sales. We salute you. Coming up next, uh, yes, Damon Bruce from the podcast, um, the Damon Bruce Show podcast. Okay, the Damon, Damon Bruce Show. The Damon Bruce Show's Damon Bruce joins us next here on ESPN Honolulu to talk some San Francisco 49ers. All right, uh, here on ESPN Honolulu. You can upgrade your island style with Kahala, just like Gary and, and you heard Paul. Uh, the original Aloha shirt since 1936. Pick one up for yourself at one of Kahala's six stores, island-wide, or at kahala.com. Had a very shiny nose. Back with the Sports Animals on this Kahala Friday. We're hoping to get Damon Bruce on in just a few minutes, talk some 49ers football. And we've been talking a lot of football this morning. We did talk to Jesse Nakanishi last hour. He's the head coach at HPU as they played the University of Hawaii on Sunday. And I know some people were asking why they have such long gaps this time of the year with playing three Sundays in a row and no games in between. Well, it's finals time for a lot of schools. There's a lot fewer college basketball games this week and next week than at any other time of the season. So that is the reason for that. Now, for me, at least coming off the win against Central Arkansas, saw last week Hawaii just did a great job and you know we, we we acknowledge that Central Arkansas is not exactly a top tier team they would be considered a low major still for Hawaii to play as good as they did I was very impressed heard uh, Brad Davidson assistant coach on with Bobby Curran this morning and one of the things he talked about what they're looking forward to is the consistency 
Uh, and one of the things he mentioned, too, I don't, I don't think could be uh, overstated enough, is this unselfishness of the team. And it's not just being unselfish. But if you were uh, at watching any of the All-State Maui Invitational games here a couple of weeks ago, one of the things I noticed about these top 10 teams, and there were five of them, five of the top 11 here, is the way they move the ball around. And by moving the ball around as quickly as they do, they very often find an open shooter which is not something that goes on with every team. And one of the things Hawaii was successful about with, with against Central Arkansas was finding an open shooter. And that, again, it sounds like a simple statement. That is just something that should come with the territory. But it was really obvious when, again, when you watch these top teams, how they just quickly move the ball around. And it happens in the NBA. So I'm hoping Hawaii can continue to do that. Because when you get open looks like that, you're going to hit a lot more. The unselfishness of this team is great. You know, they average 13 assists a game, a pretty good number. But I, I like the way that they are moving the ball around. They're not really forcing that many shots, and that's not always been the case. Uh, so this is a really good shooting team overall, and their overall shooting percentage, I mean, it's incredible. It's almost it's 49%. Now, you do that all season long, which I kind of doubt because it's really difficult to maintain that number. You're going to be one of the top teams, if not the top team in the Big West. That, again, we talked about it the other day. I, th uh, I remember Chris asking about it. 45% is a good number. Anything over 45 is a player or a team, you're doing well. For Hawaii shooting 49%, they're doing a great job shooting the ball. And I know what some of you might be thinking, well, the competition hasn't exactly been top-notch, and it hasn't. But still, you still got to make those shots. And that is a really good number. I like the balance of this team with so many guys – you know, who can be the go-to guy. You have three starters averaging double figures. Munoz off the bench is right under 10 points. But the guys that aren't averaging double figures, one is Bernardo da Silva, 9.3. He's right there. And we know what he's capable of. He had a double-double in the last game, 15 and 11. Matthew Cotton is only averaging about seven points a game only. And he hasn't been very productive offensively in every game, but there's a few games where he went off. Uh, the first game of the uh, Acrisure Invitational, he had, I think, 23, including 19 in the first half. There's a lot of talent, and it's not only with the guard, where a lot of times we'll rely on a Noel Coleman, a Jovan McClanahan. Justin McCoy is a guy that can create his own shot. Matthew Cotton as a wing is a guy who can create his own shot. I really like what I'm seeing from this team, and it'll change as far as the competition. You know, HBU will give them all they can handle. But a week from Sunday, they're playing Nevada. And Nevada is one of, I think, like the one of the 12 undefeated teams in the country. They are getting votes in the poll. Steve Alford, the former Indiana star, is their head coach. Uh, Hawaii was on that list of undefeated teams right before Utah. There was about 25 then. Nevada is going to be a tough test. And, of course, they're coming here for the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic. The schedule will definitely get a lot tougher in the coming weeks. And, of course, right after the Diamond Head, you've got conference play starting. One of the things I've noticed about Big West teams so far and I'll use Santa Barbara as an example. They got A.J. Mitchell, and he was their all-everything player last year. He hit a last-second shot against UH uh, uh, at the Stan Sheriff Center last year to win the game. He's still doing a really good job, but they have been struggling a little bit. And I think that's good for Hawaii because they're one of the teams that's usually picked, and they have been picked, I think, at the top of the conference. Uh, for conference play. And I know they're going to be good. A.J. Mitchell, nup said. But Santa Barbara overall, I'm going to get their record right now, they're 4-3. and three. 
that's not exactly outstanding. And well, who have they played? Well, I'm going to get one of the teams in just a second. They have had they they lost a game the other day to somebody that was kind of surprising. I'll pull it up in just a second. Again, still a good team, but it doesn't seem like they're lighting it up and beating everybody like the way they were. And again, I'll, yeah, but again, I mean, are they playing UCLA? I mean, <laughs> that that, that kind of makes a difference. But you know, we can look at. You know, look up records and stuff like that later. What I enjoy about this University of Hawaii basketball team this year is they push the ball up and down the floor. They're, you know, they're not, you know, they're kind of running and gunning it, down, you know, like they were maybe maybe in, during Iran Ganat's first year. But uh, this is a team that can, you know, they can, they can push the ball. And Iran yesterday on the show, you know, mentioned that, hey, the reason we're doing this is because – this year, we got the guys that can. That was really encouraging to see. So if you haven't been to a Rainbow Warrior basketball game yet, make sure you get out this Sunday or next Sunday and check them out. Both 5 o'clock starts at the Stan Sheriff Center. Yeah, the Santa Barbara team that I was talking about was New Mexico. New Mexico beat them by 23. Uh, and I, I just think Santa Barbara, looking at some of their scores, they haven't exactly been blowing people away. Again, it's still real early, and the schedule is not as balanced as it will be when January or December 30th comes right. around. The uh, other team that uh, is, well, the team that's in first place overall with the record, of course, is Hawaii at 6-1. and one. CSUN has been a little bit of a surprise, and so has Riverside. Riverside only lost to UCLA by one. It was a layup with three seconds left. Yet they're four and six. So, which I mean, how good are they? They're not usually considered one of the top half of the conference teams as far as predictions or results as far as when the conference plays itself out. But that UCLA game just showed something right there that they can probably play against anybody and be competitive. Irvine is another team. They beat um, USC at USC, not much of a road game, a few weeks ago. They're 6-3 and three right now. They're going to be tough. It's going to be some of the usual suspects, and there's going to be one team that's not picked to be in the top four or five that's going to emerge as one of those teams. Every year we seem to get that. All right. Let's let's move back to Hawaii. Let's go back to uh, University of Hawaii um, with the game coming up at, uh, well, it's HBU is coming up, and I found it interesting when you were talking with Jesse Nakanishi. It's another one of those games that doesn't count for HBU, uh, but it counts for the University of Hawaii. Now, for some reason, if HPU pulls out a, a shocker and wins the game, then it's like, oh, yeah, no, it counts. <laughs> It, it, it should make it at least an, an option uh, for the guys. But going back to University of Hawaii basketball, and you mentioned the 49% shooting uh, percentage that they've enjoyed so far. Um, is, And I know it's after seven games, so it's not like they played two games. I mean, it's been consistent, but if we're talking about a shooting percentage like this, after the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic, I get there's only three games there, but hey, it's a, you know almost a third of what thirty percent of what you've played so far. So if you if you can come out of that Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic, maybe a couple of games into the uh, Big West season, then that's really saying something. Uh, if you're you're you've got a percentage like that, because uh, I agree, and and you I think you mentioned it earlier, is that uh, you know it's if you can. Keep that up. You're one of the best shooting teams in the Big West. Now, I don't now Hawaii. The opponents of Hawaii, they've got to go back to you know go back kind of the drawing board, and they can't figure on defending the same old Hawaii this year. Because now, when you get into conference play, 
and you're going regular nine deep in conference play, that's a lot to prepare for. Well, well, it is, but I mean, every team has eight, nine deep that they play in conference. Oh, is it? Play. Is yeah. it that much? Eight is, eight is at least what you're going to have. Okay, so they're going at least nine deep. They might play eleven guys. But one of the things about and Hawaii, that's according to their head coach. With their nine guys, the talent for the bench, I think, is really standing out. I mean, yeah. Juan Munoz could be a starter. He could be. Uh, Morsec could be a starter. You have a lot of guys on this bench. I mean, Harry Rulidev could be a starter. He has. Tom Beatty keeps well. I mean, he's still very young, but we see the potential. Their bench is not only deep, but it's got they, they got talent on that bench. That's what really stands out there as well. Well, and that's why you can run up and down the floor because you have so many solid players. You'll have Ron Gannat come back and uh, you know sub in four guys at once. He's not afraid to do that, and that's what you get with depth. And that's why Hawaii. Another reason they're able to run. Yeah, and again, the schedule is going to get tougher, as we mentioned. But so far, I don't think anybody should really have many of any complaints or knocks on this team. They had a little bit of the turnover bug in the beginning of the season, but it's been a lot better the last couple of games, definitely. You know, yeah. I mean, they, have, they haven't had a game where they had 18 turnovers. You don't want to have anything like that. But they had a couple of 14, 15-game turnover games. Other than that, I, I don't really see a weakness. Again, the shooting's been good. Shot selection's been good. This unselfish play I really like. And again, the fact that you're not really Relying on a Noel Coleman and or McClanahan is that you got other guys that can really be those go-to guys. And I know right. I keep mentioning Justin McCoy. We haven't had a player quite like that in a really long time, and he's right. going to be a difference maker. And I think that uh, and you know uh, if you tell Iran Gannat uh, that this team doesn't have any weaknesses, he'll disagree with you sure. on that. Yeah. But uh, there are there are weaknesses. There's things that they've got to work on. Uh, rebounding, one of them, I believe that was. Uh, mentioned yesterday, but hey, you know what? I like what I see. I don't hear people complaining about them. We don't get texts or anything like that. Uh, maybe you know, maybe during the game from gamblers or something like that. But we don't get a lot of negative feedback on Rainbow Warrior basketball. I think a lot of people, uh, number one, are maybe waiting until the Diamond Head to start paying attention. We're waiting for football season to be over to start paying attention. But when you, you know, whatever you're paying attention to, you look up, 6-1 and one is 6-1. and one. I like that. 832 here with the Animals. This is ESPN Honolulu. Coming up, a former NFL employee has been accused of stealing $22 million from their team. <laughs> that and more. We'll get back to the text line, too. Kind of the question is, if Braden Shager came back to the University of Hawaii, just because you go in the transfer portal doesn't mean you're gone. You think fans would accept them? Would you? Chime in at 808-296-1420. We'll check your traffic momentarily here. You can catch the next episode of the student section. It's coming up Tuesday. Uh, I'll be joined by Cole Mousall. Actually, Cole will be joined by me. And uh, we're going to talk some more amazing student athletes. Juan Munoz uh, is going to be our guest. Eric Stevens and Elijah Mendoza from Waipahu High School. 7 o'clock Tuesday on ESPN Honolulu. Watch it later on the week on our YouTube channel. It's brought to you by AutoSource and Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. It sounds like we have a a song on the telephone. I know it's some kind of cool effect they're going for. Hey, 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 happy Kahala Friday. Happy Aloha Friday. It's the Sports Animals in our Kahala Wear. Rocking the mic for you here on ESPN Honolulu. 
Uh, we'll get to the text line at 808-296-1420 in a moment. But um, I see here a headline, former NFL employee accused of stealing $22 million from the team. Uh, so this guy was like he made NFL quarterback-type money without having to play. Now he's going to have to pay. There was an employee, former employee, obviously, <laughs> of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's accused of stealing more than $22 million over the last five years. He was a financial planner and allegedly used the team's credit cards to buy a condo. Wow, not a very expensive condo. Two cars and cryptocurrency. He could face up to 30 years in prison. Wow. I wonder if they get a little, uh, you know, help with the salary cap just because they're victims of this. I don't know about that. It just seems crazy when you hear these stories in any walk of life, when you hear it on the high school level at Mililani, as we heard from a couple of years ago, and the case came to a conclusion a few months ago. Do they? How do they think they're going to get away with that higher percentage of the money that is involved with their school, their job, and get away with it? I just... It's, I mean, I don't know if everybody gets caught. Maybe there's a lot of people that do get away with it, but it just seems like if you're going to be gre- that greedy and take that kind of money, you're going to get caught at some point. Is it really worth it? But it, I don't well, know. Yeah, you know what? In Hawaii, it's worth it. I mean, what has happened to all these people that have stolen money from the Punahou Carnival or IAEA Pearl Ridge Elementary or IAEA Elementary? I don't remember what school. There's been a number of them. What happens to these people? What happened to uh, Mr. Nita? Nothing. For him, he didn't go to jail at all. So yeah. Well, nobody does. Nobody does. Not one. The the person I Aya had to write a letter of apology. Are you kidding me? Really? Wow. Of course, it makes sense to steal. <laughs> if you're not going to jail or you're not getting punished, hey, go ahead and just take it. Doesn't matter. You won't get in trouble. That's crazy. Uh, 839 here at Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. Let's switch gears, go back to the Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. So I was um, I was uh, wondering how we would a- react as fans or, you know, uh, people uh, maybe at UH. If Braden Shager says, hey, you know what, I decided I want to come back or maybe – he doesn't get the offer that he wants or whatever, for whatever reason. Maybe somebody here gives him a million dollars to stay. I, I don't know. So uh, one texter, thank you, from the 627 says, if Shager transfers, uh, maybe it was Coach Timmy's tyrannical me- uh, methodologies slash too mean and degrading. Any known examples? So is the texter saying that t- uh, Timmy Chang was – mean and degrading that's why he's leaving he's asking if that may be any examples of anything like that yeah i don't think we've ever gone down that road and real i haven't heard anything even close to that with timmy chang no you don't see anything on the football field you don't see the you know maniacal behavior that you saw todd graham showed right. was it jake farrell you yeah. know that kind of stuff you know you'll get corrected you'll get strongly corrected when you're not when you're throwing interceptions and things like that but it's a learning curve and i'm you know what? I'm sure that Braden Shaker is fine with that. Um, 808-296-1420. I just pulled up the same one twice. Here's one that says, it, would fans have him back? Uh, this texter says, I think fans would. The same thing happened 
with Jake Hayner at Fresno. He entered the portal, and fans got angry, but then backed off when he returned. The only tricky thing with Shager is that I think Alejado confirming his commitment to UH at that time uh, was made due to Shager leaving. He was still being pursued by other schools. And Alejado, you know what? I, you know, we jokingly came on the air a couple of days ago and said, hey, welcome to the Alejado era. You know what? UNLV still might get Alejado no matter what he tweets. Braden Shager a week ago before he was convinced to leave said, hey, I'm staying. Actually, the day before he, he left, everyone that knew him thought he was staying. The decision was made. Again, I don't think he's lying, and I think Alejado wants to come to Hawaii. But all of a sudden, if uh, something happens and for whatever reason, Alejado doesn't come. Remember, when is the uh, actual signing day, Gary? 20th. The 20th is the first day of that three-day period. Man, we've got uh, 12 days to hold our breath. Because uh, Alejado, at least in high school, is all that. Our next texter at 808-296-1420 says, If Braden Shager decides to come back, we should receive him like a son who went away and came back. Kind of like the prodigal, prodigal son, right? Yeah. I, I, I would think that the fans would be okay. And you know what? The fans that wouldn't be okay, well, too bad. I mean, this happened. It doesn't happen a lot where a player stays at the school after entering the portal, but it happened. And why should we hold that against him for testing the market? Uh, a text earlier today says, if Shager was to come back, Timmy Chang needs to make sure he's got the buying from the locker room. I guess uh, people buying in from the locker room, the rest of the locker room, I would think that the players are totally okay. Do you think that players are feel like they're being abandoned? You know, this is not five years ago. This is, you know, Braden Shager is merely one of the 1,900 players in the transfer portal. He's just one guy. This is, and I'm sure the young people adapt a lot faster than old fuddy-duddies, is that, hey, this is how it works nowadays. And you will um, relieve yourself of a lot of stress as a fan to go, hey, you know what? This is the world that we live in with college football. If you don't like it, watch the NFL. And if you don't like it, you basically are watching the NFL and college football anyway. This is what it is. If you don't like it, switch to something else. You know, I mean, Switch to volleyball. Going back to that text, Cam Stone did tweet something the other day after hearing about Braden Shager and just said, man, we just had a leadership meeting last night. Yeah. And, you know, it didn't sound like he was happy about it. Maybe he was a little surprised more than anything else. But I would think a player is going to welcome – any player on the team would welcome him back. Why would you hold that against him? Especially, let's look at Cam Stone. I mean, he left Wyoming where he was a really good player. Now, he didn't change his mind and go back. I think players understand if you can make a better situation for yourself, money-wise, playing time-wise, you do it. You don't hold that against him if it doesn't work out and you come back. I mean, nobody's – I, I would feel bad – not feel bad. I would feel upset – People are going to be like Todd Graham and not welcome a transferred player back. Timmy Chang said it the day he got hired, the opening press conference. I'll take anybody back from Hawaii who wants to come back here. Now, these well, aren't yeah, players that Same school. with Rolo. Yeah. Rolo, so, Rolo, too. I would think the fans, if they're, if they're realistic, they would be welcoming him back, and I think the players totally would. Yeah. Uh, somebody wants to know who the boys' varsity coach for Damien is. For basketball, it's Keith Spencer. Hey, Keith, how's it going? Uh, for football... Who is it? Oh, boy. It's not Eddie Klineski. I forget who replaced him already. 
Mm. All right. But anyway, I don't know. I don't, I'm guessing they're thinking basketball. Uh, Keith Spencer, a wonderful head coach, yes. is the coach for uh, Damian right there. You can uh, text us at 808-296-1420. And, again, the transfer portal news that comes out. I remember, was it about a week or two ago, right, well, before Shipley made the announcement, where I said a couple of times, the good number of the portal is zero because Hawaii didn't lose anybody at that point. So, it's, I mean, it's not surprising that the players have entered. I still think that we don't really have a high number. I saw a list from the SEC of players that have entered the portal. And I think Vanderbilt might have like 16. Alabama had zero when it was tweeted out, but they had two yesterday that entered the portal. Right, uh, and they're not entering to make more money, but they're <laughs> they're entering the portal because they're not getting playing time. Hey, we had a pretty good offensive lineman a couple of years ago from Alabama. Yeah, the center, I forget his name right now. He was a guard. This, this is just the normal thing. So when you're seeing players leave, and I still feel like Hawaii is in the, in the category of lower uh, lower amount of players entering the portal. When you see some of those numbers out there. And well, look, again, we have a st- couple of starters leaving, which might surprise you, but I'll use the Boise example. Boise State's quarterback left. They just won the Mountain West Championship. I know, yeah. Toledo's quarterback was the MAC player of the year. He entered the portal. But that's why they're leaving. That's why they're leaving. The um, um, wouldn't it be a? I would. I'm. I want. I'm hoping that Braden Shager ends up at a Power Five school. I'd be pretty bummed though if he goes to like San Jose State, because mm. it, you know what? You're back at San Jose. You're you're playing the same competition. Yeah, right? that's a good point. Yeah, that, I mean, that would be kind of a bummer. Now maybe he's closer to you know home, and more of his family members can watch him or whatever. Yeah, I mean, Shohei Otani is probably leaving the Angels. In fact, announcement, an announcement might come today we hear. He's leaving for more money. It's just the way sports works, and now college well, sports is the I, same I'm thing. I'm sure that he'd like to actually sniff the playoffs as well. He would, I'm sure, but it seemed like he might be going to the highest bidder. And if it is the Dodgers, well, that's, they'll be sniffing the playoffs and then some. So that's understandable. But for players leaving, again, you're getting a lot of starters at Riley Leonard of Duke. I know he was hurt part of the year. His numbers weren't great because he missed maybe half the season. But it's not just guys leaving for playing time. If you can get a better situation, nobody should be blamed for that. Nobody should be faulted. Right. And you shouldn't be surprised when starters are leaving. Cam Stone was a starter for Wyoming. I don't know if he came here for more money. I don't think that was the case. But no. players do leave, and they are getting playing it, time where they were. Because he probably was like, why am I living in Wyoming? <laughs> that, yeah. Why am I? It's like one winter, one November came along, and he said, boy, Hawaii looks good. <laughs> yes. Somebody yes. just texted in, I don't think so, Gary. What does that mean? Oh, seen two other names but don't know who actually it is. What? Can you text back and I, um, be more specific? Well, I mean, you might be you talking would. about the University of Hawaii. So we haven't had that many no, players. No, it just came in just now. I know what I'm saying, but I, I was mentioning a minute or two ago that I don't. we haven't lost that many players via the portal. And we have uh, the, No, we, we, we lost what we expected to lose. Backups who weren't getting any playing time. Jonah Chong, a quarterback, is never going to see any playing time. Sorry. I know he's local. Not going to see playing time in Hawaii. He's in the transfer portal because he wants to play. We got a good kicker who's probably been replaced already with guys we have on the team. We got a couple of kickers on the team right now. So Matthew Shipley is a starter and he's leaving, and that's okay. I wish him the best, but we're not going to feel that pain. Braden Shager is the only guy. Nobody's crying, mourning the loss of Joey Yellen or Jason Jason Walthall 
or some of these other guys. Well, They're leaving because they want to get more playing time. Yeah, Najee Bryant Lelay has got to be playing time. Now, Jordan Johnson, I think there were some other things off the field that were going on there. But, you know, for playing time for a guy like Lalay, it makes sense because he wasn't getting a lot of playing time, even though he was hurt a lot this year as well. When he was healthy, he wasn't right. one of the guys in the normal rotation. And that's and that's why that's why they leave. So, uh, really, the only major casualty is you're not losing a Jonah Lalau and, and uh, Darius Muasau and, mm-hmm. and guys like this. So, uh, get back on the, you know. Uh, get away from the side of the building there. <laughs> Ten minutes in front of 9 o'clock here with ESPN Honolulu. You want to catch the NFL, go to 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar right there at Leeward Bowl in the Pearl City Shopping Center. Uh, they show all the games. They open up early. They got a video wall to watch them on as well as the big screens. Also, the menu is uh, certified broke them out. That's 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar in the Pearl City Shopping Center. Christmas. What have you done? Oh, boy. What a day. What a weekend it's going to be. Got more of the uh, Nike Iolani girls basketball, the Nike Iolani classic for girls basketball going on. We've got uh, Rainbow Warrior, um, Rainbow Warrior basketball happening on Sunday. I like those Sunday 5 o'clock games. It's a great time. I mean, you can't have the excuse, well, it's a work day, uh, like weekday games at 7, so some people can't go. You're out at 7, so it's perfect. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope they can uh, be successful, get the 7-1, and one, then Nevada, of course, the week after. Another thing happening uh, this weekend, it'll be tomorrow, the Heisman Trophy will be re- awarded. And oh. it seems like Jaden Daniels is over, well, he's the favorite right now. With the end of the, finish, end of the season finish that he had, I can understand uh-huh. that. Uh, I am curious not only if he wins, of course, but also how close to voting is or isn't. And I want to see where Dylan Gabriel finishes. He's going to get Heisman votes. He probably, well, I don't think he's in the top five, but I would expect him to be in the top ten. I would really be surprised if he's not. Mackenzie Milton, I think, finished seventh or eighth that one year when they were undefeated. What did Colt Brennan do, like sixth or something? I don't think it was that. I think it was, wasn't it third or fourth? It was pretty he high. He went to New York, so he had to be oh, in the top third? four. Remember, he was at, oh, he went yeah, to New York. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I forgot. I totally forgot about that. Wow. I think he was think about third, that. I believe. I love the fact that, um, that uh, um, you know, to me, I don't, have a, I don't have a dog in this fight as far as the Heisman Trophy goes. With uh, Jaden Daniels, um, I'd love um, Marvin Harrison Jr. to win it just because it's a non-quarterback because yeah. it seems to be a seems to be a quarterback award. I really enjoyed, maybe because I've seen more Bo Nix games, like three this year, that I, I'm kind of rooting for Bo Nix. So I guess I do have a dog in the fight, but I love the idea of Jaden Daniels winning the Heisman Trophy because then all of a sudden. It's like if you have, and I've mentioned this before in fun, but if you're if you're like, hey, we need a quarterback uh, transfer portal, if you come here, you can be the next Joe Burrow or Jaden Daniels because both are transfer portal guys. In fact, all of these guys except Harrison, right, are all through the transfer portal. Something when you think about that, isn't it? Oh, the transfer portal's horrible. Well, not for Washington, not for LSU, not for Oregon. It's a transfer portal's looking pretty good to those guys. It worked out. You see why they're trying to make another tier. They're trying to make another tier here in college football.
Yeah, it's a win-win for those schools and those players in that situation. It might have taken them a year to get to that spot. They're all in their second year there. But yeah. still, look how the results are. All right, we got to go. But uh, don't forget, uh, go online and get your tickets for the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl or the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic, etickethawaii.com, or go to the respective website. See you next time. Aloha.